Heavenly Father, Lord, that is truly our desire. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come shine in us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, where we haven't been pleasing to you. Lord, where we've blocked the light, Lord, where we've gotten in the way. Father, forgive us, Lord. We long to just come and be in your presence, Lord. How we long to step across from time into eternity and just hear those words. Father, may it be this, we just be a part of that little bride that you'd say, well done. May we be a part of that little bride, Lord, as Brother Ed mentioned this morning. There be a prophet in Eliezer presenting a virgin bride to you. Lord, we're doing everything we can. Forgive us where we've come short. Father, we love you with all our heart, Lord, and we just thank you so much, Lord, that your word, it never fails. Heavens and earth will pass away. Truly, this world and all of its system will pass away, but your word will never fail. It'll never pass away. Not one jot, not one tittle, not one word can ever be broken, Lord. Father, how we just rest in that absolute and anchor, as the scripture says, within the veil. Father, we love you with all our heart. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here. Lord, we feel your presence now, even now. We pray you'd have the preeminence in the remainder of the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just take our Bibles together. Amen. Welcome you all to the house of the Lord. Sure is good to be here, isn't it? Amen. Good to see everyone that could make it, that could get a seat and I've been always blessed when I look and see that nine o'clock hits and the night before and just all the seats are gone and I say praise the Lord there's a people that want to be in the house of God there's a people that care amen so good to be numbered with you and I'm one of them amen and I sure enjoyed the service this morning God bless you, Brother Ed. God bless you richly. Amen. And I, I really would have loved to just see him take tonight. I feel I'm just the least of God's servants. But sometimes the least of the servant has to do something too. So we had a wonderful time on Friday with the young people. We just had a, the first youth service of the year. Brother Maxwell preached, and then I got up and preached behind him. So it was good. But... Uh, we had a lovely time in the Lord, and 
Amen. Thank you, Sister Angie, for that special. God bless you. Amen. I appreciated those words. And I told Brother Jeffrey before this, I said, man, I miss that saxophone playing. You could just play that more often. That was, that was nice. You enjoy that? Yeah. I did. Amen. And amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Psalms chapter 23. I want to, I spoke for just shortly, about 20, 25 minutes, the youth on, on Jehovah Raha, our shepherd, and uh, we're just going to kind of pick up there. Sorry to the young people that heard part of it, but I trust you'll give me some grace. I don't know what I'm doing wrong here, but I'm terrible with these microphones. Amen. Psalms chapter 23, a very, very familiar scripture, but it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want to just read that with some emphasis on a couple words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. Beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, his rod, and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. May the Lord his blessing to the word you may. Have your seats if you'd like. Amen. I want to take for a title tonight that the great shepherd of perfect order. The great shepherd of perfect order. In Christ, he's not the author of chaos. When he first created the world and it was, there was chaos there, but we find what happened in the chaos, the Spirit of God began to move. And there he began to, out of that chaos, he began to create order. He began to bring it to something that we could say makes sense, that resembled what he had in his mind before he ever laid the foundations of the earth. But in all of it, he was not the author of confusion. He's not the author of chaos. He's, 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 he's a creator of order. He's the God of creation. Amen. Nothing is out of order. And you could look at the world today and science has looked and looked and looked and looked. But you can't go beyond and say it's just random facts. It's just happened out of chaos. No, God perfectly ordered it in a certain way that, that a certain something would react with a certain something else to create a perfect mixture. And we know that even in, in water, if you just took hydrogen and oxygen in two parts in one part, it's hard enough to make it. It's easy to naturally put something in it, condense it, and it makes water. 
It'll purify itself, but to, to do something man-made is very, very difficult, nearly impossible, but God just put it all together, and it just matched up just perfectly, and he has trees that go down, and the sap goes into the ground, and it comes up the next, the next year, and he goes, you got grass that dies, and it's all brown, and there's nothing left, but the next year it comes back up green again. You can't explain all these things, but he's the God of order. He's the great shepherd, and it's a perfect order. There's nothing else that you can look to and say, well, we can produce it, we can do it. No, we can't. And here David, he begins to tap into this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And as I begin to speak to the young people, what are you saying when you're saying the Lord is my shepherd? That's a very a common statement. Lots of people like to, like to say it. and say, oh, he leads me by still waters. He leads me to green pastures. It's a wonderful life. God is my shepherd. But there's something that comes with it. Because when you're, you're declaring him as your shepherd, you're saying the Lord is my keeper. And the Lord is my friend, he's my protector, he's my ruler, he's my company, he's, he's the giver of my sustenance, he entreated me and I entreat him in turn. He's my pastor, he's my leader, he is all of these things to me. That's what a shepherd is. It's more than just somebody up there that once in a while I get a command from, a sheep follows the shepherd. It doesn't follow anyone else. Brother Martin, you were in the back office. You didn't know what I was speaking on. He just began to say, you know, sometimes when a wolf comes around, the sheep might get a little bit nervous. But when the shepherd comes, the sheep's got nothing to be worried about because we read the scripture, amen. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we walk, in, we walk today in the valley of the shadow of death and there's all kinds of torments all around, I don't have anything to fear. I don't have any evil to fear because thy rod, thy staff, because the shepherd is there. He's leading me, he's guiding me, and if he's my shepherd, it's a personal relationship. It's an intimate relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. Brother Brennan would say the shepherd, he stays with the sheep. He sleeps with the sheep. He talks like the sheep. He acts like the sheep. He is one of the sheep. He's there. He knows their needs because he's not just putting them in a fold and running off to his residence and he has his own life and he's got his own way. A shepherd is there under the burden of the sheep. He cares intimately for those sheep. And he knows the sheep and the sheep know him. Amen. We'll get into that in John where Jesus would say, I am the shepherd. Amen. But we find that that was exactly what Jesus was and Jesus is the shepherd. That he knows his sheep. And they know him. He says, my sheep, they know my voice. Another they will not follow. In other words, there could be another shepherd that comes by the way. But if it's not those, their shepherd, they're not going to follow him. They could stand there outside the wall and they could say, come on out, come on out. But it's not a recognized voice. Hallelujah. We thank God for the voice today and the voice behind the voice. There's something about it that a seed of God recognizes and says, that's real to me. I've heard a lot of voices. The scripture says there's all kinds of voices and none of them are without meaning. But there's one voice that to me is, is, a, is a drawing and a leading and a guiding that I can't help but follow it. Hallelujah. I thought I would just teach tonight, but here I am preaching. So let's go over to Psalms chapter 118, if you will. Psalms chapter 118, just a few chapters over. Read at verse 19. Begins to talk. And, it's, and, he, and he begins to write, and he says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them. 
I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord. We know and we could go there to John. Well, let's just go there. John chapter 10. We'll just jump around. Is that all right? I'll leave my notes for a few minutes. John chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. There's only one entrance to a sheepfold. There's not multiple ways to get in. If you come in some other way, he says, that's a, that's a robber. If they didn't come in through the door, they're there for uh, ill purposes. And he says that to him that the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. Hallelujah. He knows his own sheep. Amen. There is nothing hid to God. He's not looking at us saying, I wonder who's going to respond this time. No, he calls very directly into the lives of his own sheep. He knows exactly what you're going through and exactly how to talk to you even tonight so that if you have a need, you could just begin to bleed out to him and he knows your name and he's able to come and to, to meet with you exactly where you're at. He calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. Hallelujah. He's not behind them. He's not saying, you go first. No, the shepherd leads the way. Amen. That he leads in the footsteps of the righteous are led of the Lord. We don't have to wonder where we're walking, but rather he gives us places to put our feet. He prepares the way before us. He makes sure that we have a good way to go because he says, the thoughts that I think towards you are good thoughts. Hallelujah. His sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, and they understood not the things that they were, that they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, absolutely, absolutely, it's prophecy, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Hallelujah. He said, no one, if you don't enter in by the door, you're a robber and you're a thief. If you don't come, God's provided way. If you didn't come through Jesus Christ, if you didn't come, that's why it's so important. You always ask the question with denominational people, why does it matter with water baptism? They always want to, well, why does that matter? And why does this matter? Why is it so important to have a right? Because if you don't come through the right door, if you don't come through the straight gate, if you don't come with correct um, doctrine on the Word of God, then you cannot come into the sheepfold. You've made it in some other way. And we know in the, in the parable of the marriage supper where one came in without a robe. In other words, he didn't come through the door. He got in some other way, perhaps a window, perhaps something else. Oh, my. But Jesus says, all that ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Hallelujah. The goats heard them. The lambs heard them. Everybody else in that was there heard them. And they all followed. And this one went that way, this one that way. And it seemed like there was a great scattering. But the sheep. 
He doesn't say nobody heard them. He said the sheep didn't hear them. The sheep weren't listening for that. And he says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Hallelujah. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. I am come that I might, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But, if he, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. Oh my. He says, there, 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 there are those that are hirelings, but I'm not a hireling. I'm not someone that's concerned for my own life. I gave my own life for you. Hallelujah. I wasn't concerned for that, but rather I'm not, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. That's a good shepherd. I'll lead the way no matter where it takes, no matter where we're going, no matter what we got to go through, I'm with you. Hallelujah. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And I'm known of mine. That's a real shepherd. He knows his sheep, and the sheep know him. As the Father knows me, even so I, the Father, know I, the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, now he's speaking of them, but also I might bring, I must bring, and that they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I said, I got some sheep here, he says, but there's some Gentiles out there. They're my sheep too. And they got to hear my voice too. And they're not a different sheepfold here. We're not splitting up Jews and Gentiles anymore. He's saying, well, they all got to come to one. And they'll all come back and I'll deal with the Jews as a nation. But I got some sheep among the Gentiles and they got to come too. And we're all going to come into one because there's one door. Yeah. Amen. The message going to the Jews is not a different message. It's just in their season. Hallelujah. He says, therefore, doth my Father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No wonder that God could, could begin to speak to the prophet Samuel to go and anoint one of the sons of Jesse. And when he finally come to, Jesse, to, to David, he realized that's a man after my own heart. There was David. He was willing to lay down his life. Any of the servants, any of the hirelings, when they seen a bear come, they would have turned and run. When they seen a lion come, they would have turned and run. But there was one there, David, that was willing to stand and take his slingshot and kill the lion and kill the bear. And even when the lion was just knocked out, he ran and grabbed it by the beard, took his knife and slew it. I don't know if I'd have the courage to do that. <laughs> that takes a lot of courage to sling a stone at a lion and the lion just get knocked down and you run at it. Yeah, but sometimes you don't realize that you might not have the courage in the, in, the, in, the, in the natural, but I believe there's a lot of us here that got the courage in the spiritual. That there might be a devil that's going on and trying to rob and trying to steal, that you might have just throw a little stone of revelation and you see, oh, that hurt it a little bit. Then you run out and charge it and say, I take you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A man after God's own heart. Verse 18 says, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. 
I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Oh, hallelujah. What a great shepherd. What's someone to follow that says, you can't take my life from me. I lay it down. I take it up again. I'm the one with the power. No one else has it. Oh, we've got to get back here. We've got to take a step back before we get way, way ahead. Psalms chapter 118. Let's go back over to there. You still got your Bibles open? Psalms 118, verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness. Hallelujah. Open to me this door to the sheepfold. Open to me the, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord unto which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee, and thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Think about this. The stone that the builders refused, we know this is preached on often enough. We know what this is talking about, the Lord Jesus Christ. That they refused it, but the same stone. He didn't refashion, he didn't remake it. The same stone has become the chief. The headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in his eyes. Hallelujah. It was the Lord's doing to blind the eyes of the Jews so that those sheep that he still had that were somewhere else that he had to get into the sheepfold would have an opportunity to hear the word of God so that the Gentiles could have an opportunity to hear the word. It was the Lord's doing to blind their eyes. It was the Lord's doing that he would be rejected. And it is the Lord's doing that he's raised up to the right hand of God. This is the day of the Lord, which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42. Jesus picks this up from Psalms and he begins to speak about it to the Pharisees. After he talks to them about the parable of the husbandman where the time of fruits had come and the master who'd lent out or had, 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 had hirelings really take care of his vineyard and he sent out the servants to go collect the fruits and they slew them, more servants, they slew them. Finally he sent the son and they said, let's kill the son so we could have the inheritance. And they said, what do you think he would do? Well, surely the Pharisees said they'd, they'd kill that, those miserable men. He'd come with an army, he'd go kill them and take care of them. And finally in verse 42, Jesus said, did you never read in the scriptures... The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in his eyes, in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Oh, amen. There we are again. It's taken from the Jews and given to a nation given to the Gentiles that would bring forth fruit. And he says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. I want to say that that, that, that looks on the surface like a double negative. But it's a parable. That he's speaking, he says, if, 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 
if whosoever shall fall on the stone shall be broken, but whosoever it shall fall on, it will grind them to powder. Now, now we'll teach a little bit here. Isaiah chapter 8. Let's go back to Isaiah. Keep your Bibles. I've got about 20 scriptures, if Lord willing. Turning to it with you, so that way I don't get ahead of you. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 9. We're going to jump all over the scripture for a little bit here. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 9. Because this, this scripture is talking about how they rejected something, and now he's prophesying about the Assyrians coming and taking over. But now he begins to talk a little bit to them and, and, and prophesy some things. And he says in verse 9, he says, Associate yourselves, O ye people, and you shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye of far countries, gird yourselves. What are they girding themselves for? For war. That's what you gird yourself for. And he says, And ye shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and you shall be broken in pieces. He repeats it. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand. For God is with us. For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them whom this people shall say a confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, let him be your dread. And ye shall be a sanctuary, but for a, and ye shall be, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Oh my, that's quite the prophecy. Now, I want to just jump right back up to verse 9. Keep your Bibles open. And brother, if you want to put this, this, the, the slides up there. I think I have the clicker here. I do. Assuming this works. I want to look at this because if we look at Jehovah Raha, which is our shepherd. Now, this is how... It is, Jehovah Reha. It's, I, I, it just, it just stuck out to me, so I'll, I'll bring it forward to you. But Jehovah Reha, our shepherd, that's how it's pronounced, Raha. And that's R-A-A-H with the certain symbols. I don't know what those mean. If there's an English major in here that knows what those mean, great. Or a Hebrew major, that is. But that's how you, the, the Hebrew word for our shepherd. But now if we, if we look at this word, associate yourselves in the Hebrew, is Raha. I'll just point this out for one moment, you'll understand in a minute, that it's almost identical. All you do is drop the H. 
drop the H with the H is, is, is what, what it was with Abram to Abraham. Sarai to Sarah. It was the part of God himself going in there. If you just drop God out of it, it doesn't even change the sound of it. Raha, Raha is exactly the same. Whether it be associate yourself, a self-association, or whether it be under the leadership of Jehovah, it sounds exactly the same. See, the scripture would say it would be so close, these two spirits, it would deceive the very elected if it was possible. And it just was so phenomenal to me that here in the scripture, there's two words that mean almost the same thing, and they sound almost exactly the same, but it's dropping one part out, and you take God out of the equation... And you change the meaning entirely. Thank you. You can turn that off. So associate yourselves. In other words, to not be led. You're not under a shepherd, but rather it's a gathering together for your own cause. That's why Isaiah would write here, associate yourselves, O ye people, and you shall be broken in pieces. In other words, you didn't have the right leader to lead you. You didn't have, you weren't associated for the right reasons. There wasn't a gathering together under a other one spirit. It was an association. And he says, and now, it, and we find that if you, if you continue to research it, we find that if, if that kind of an association in that word raha with R-A-A is really, it's an association that will lead to further harm and division. My. On one hand, with the H, you got a shepherd that is a leader and a guide, and he brings into one fold, into under one shepherd. On the other hand, you got the same word, put, take God out of it, and all of a sudden, it's for a purpose of further division. So, so the people, they've congregated together in the scripture for a purpose, but it, it will only come to nothing and to be broken into pieces because it's not under the great shepherd. It's an association. It's in a gathering of man for a self-proclaimed purpose that can only cause harm and further division. I know some of you, your minds are whirling right now going, is he talking about current events? Some of it, Absolutely. That you got the Catholic Church, you got different ones where they're trying to gather, trying to bring, but they're leaving God right out of the equation, trying to associate themselves together, where he calls what the World Council of Churches? What is it a self-association? Then what will they do? Isaiah says, you'll speak the word of the Lord and it won't happen. And he pauses, it's in the middle of a verse, but it's actually a different pause where he says, but the Lord is with us. In other words, there is a people that God are with, is with, but not with those ones that have associated themselves for their own purpose because they've left God out of it. Hallelujah. If you jump back up, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 5. We'll go back into some of what was happening here. It says, And the Lord spake also unto me, again saying, For as much as this people refuse the waters of Shiloh, that go softly, and rejoice, and resin, and Ramallah's son. Oh my. Now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth up upon them the waters of, of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria. And all his glory, and he shall come up over all his channels and go up over all his banks. In other words, he'll just spill out over his borders and begin to conquer. 
And he's saying that he shall pass through Judah and he shall overflow and go over and he shall reach even to the neck and the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breadth of the land. Oh, Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Listen, and what was it? They refused the waters of Shiloh. They refused God's provided leadership. They refused God's provided way of healing. They refused God's provided deliverance. They refused his provided water. What is our water? It's the water of the word. Right? And he says that you, you'll get a water. You refuse this, but you rejoice in a river instead. You'll get a river, and it will overflow its banks, and it'll come and destroy you. It'll do things that you didn't want. If that's what you're putting your trust in, and that's what you're rejoicing in, it'll, give, it'll take more than you're willing to give. Because they refuse the waters. If you look at Shiloh, if you put up John chapter 9, verse 7, brother. If you just put that up there real quick. John chapter 9 and verse 7. It talks about the waters of Shalom. Go and wash in the pool. It was a still pool of Shalom, which by interpretation is sent. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? They refused what God sent. They refused the word that God sent to them. Oh my, and because they refused to believe the word, he gave them over to a strong delusion to believe that they could overcome the Assyrians, that they could associate themselves together, and by that they could stand, but we find even the prophecy right there says, you'll be broken. You'll be crushed. It won't happen. If you even pull up 2 Thessalonians verse 2, if we just bring it right up here to today, where now it says this, it says that with all deceivableness, of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the truth or the love of the truth that they might be saved. For then for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh my, so here we find where even there would be some in our day, and there is many in our day, who don't love the truth. And because of that, God's given them over because God sent the truth. And because they've refused the truth, he's given them over to a strong delusion to think that by their own association, by their own health care, by their own world council of churches, by their own economic reset, that they can somehow save themselves. But it will be broken. I want to just point one more thing out from Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 12. Verse 12 says this. It says, ye say not a confederacy. That word confederacy is conspiracy. Oh my. In other words, don't look at the word of God. Don't look at the prophecy. Don't look at what I sent you and say, it's a conspiracy. He says, and there be a people that shall say a conspiracy or a confederacy. And neither fear ye their fear. Oh my. That's the plague that's upon us right now. The fear in the hearts of the people, that people's hearts and minds are failing for fear. That they're giving up because they're terrified, they're scared of something. But we find, he says, don't fear their fear. Let the Lord be your fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Hallelujah. Don't go that way. Don't go the way of conspiracy, I encourage you tonight. 
Don't look at those things. Don't feed on those things and say, well, this isn't that and then this. Look at the word of God. Stay true on that. Be feeding on the word of God and walk in the blood of Jesus as an overcomer of all things. You are called as the bride of Christ. How many want to say, I'm a part of the bride of Christ? Then you're called to be a possessor of all things. So don't go off and sell yourself short under some conspiracy. And Isaiah, as we read in verse 13 to 15, that breaks into prophecy of the rock of offense. Stone of stumbling. Many shall be stumbled by it and shall be broken. But point out one more thing in verse 18, Isaiah chapter 8, jump down to verse 18. It says this, says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. So where's the Lord? In the bride. Where is he dwelling? In a people. But though there's a people that have associated themselves together, there is also a people in whom the Lord dwell. They are the witness. They are the testimony. Then we read in Matthew chapter 21, and Jesus picks it up in verse 44, where he says that those, if, if you fall on it, you will be broken, but if it falls on you, it will grind you to powder. That rock of offense. See, to the Jews, this rock was an offense. That they would take a babe in a manger and that they would have to, to them, they were offended by it. They weren't, they were willing to fall upon it. They were tripped, uh, tripped up by it. To them, they had to reject it. But to the Gentile, the Gentile would fall on that revelation, even on the day of Pentecost, when there were thousands of them that said, what must we do? How can we accept this? Oh, my. You'd think when Jesus came triumphal entry into Jerusalem, they would have said, how can we accept our king? How can we overthrow the Roman? How can we be with you? But we find that in all of it, they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Who do you think you are? It was an offense to them. But when he came in power on the day of Pentecost, then there was a Gentile people that still said, well, what can we do to be a part of this? How can I be a part of this? Well, there were some Jews in there too. There were some other ones in there too. But there was another people that then Paul began to rise up. And he began to go, he began to scatter the message out to all across what? The Gentiles. The people that would receive it. There are those who will still to this day refuse this rock. To them, they will be ground up into powder. If you want, if you want a scripture for that, go to Daniel chapter 2. If you put up Daniel chapter 2, Brother Mark, in verse 34. Says when he's talking about the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, the dream of the image, right? He had a head of gold and he had the, the, the silver and the brass and the iron and he had the mixture of the iron and the clay in the feet. And we find that, and he says, Thou sawest till that a stone that was cut out without hands. Hallelujah. We heard this morning, that's what's going on right now, that there's, there's some feet that are happening that got a much further reach than that, 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 that pagan Roman Empire ever had. Now you've got a papal Roman Empire that reaches way further than that. And it reaches right out into all kinds of nations, and it's got all kinds of people taken under its power. But we find that there's come a stone. 
Why does he use this language again? There come a stone that was cut out without hands. Hallelujah. This revelation, anytime Brother Brown says a stone in the scripture, it's a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That there's a revelation that's not given by man. It's given only by God. It's given only by the great shepherd. No man could give it to you, but my sheep hear my voice. A stranger they will not follow. And it's not cut out with hands, but it come rolling down the mountain. I keep listening for a different sound. Hallelujah. They got the sound of gold. They got the sound of silver clanging and banging and all these things. And they got the sound of iron. They got the sound of clay. But there's a whole other sound that's picking up some volume. There's a people catching revelation after revelation. There's a people that are a part of this stone that's rolling down the mountain with smoke, the image upon his feet that were iron and clay, and break them into pieces. Hallelujah. And the very next verse says, Then was the iron, the clay, and the brass, and the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and they became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor, and the wind carried them in a. In other words, they were ground to powder. And the wind just, they were nothing anymore. Hallelujah. There was no, there were there, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. If you jump down to verse 44 of the same chapter, Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. I'm sorry for moving so fast, but this is the inspiration that's coming, I guess. It says, and in the day of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. This is now the interpretation where Daniel's interpreting it. He says, which shall never be destroyed. Hallelujah. It will never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left. Now let me just say, it's not for lack of people trying. There is a battle of Gog and Magog. When all that, the, 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 they, they raise up, all the sinner, everybody that's against God would raise up and begin to come against. But they, they would try, but it will never be destroyed. Hallelujah. I love it what Brother Ed said this morning about Brother Branham. He says, let's watch him do battle. Yeah. Amen. We've had enough of our share of these different things. Let's watch God do battle. Let's quit trying to fight ourselves. Say, watch me. I got this. No, let's watch God. Yeah. It says, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. And it shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Hallelujah. But I want to say this. This is only half of what Jesus is speaking about. The breaking into powder. The grinding into powder. He also says there's those that would fall on that stone. That's those that would believe. They shall be broken. Seems like a bad thing. Go with me to Psalms chapter 34. Psalm chapter 34, verse 15. said, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Sounds a lot like what we just read in Daniel, doesn't it? There won't be a place found for them. But he says, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a 
broken heart. And save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Oh, hallelujah. He says, He keepeth all of his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant. And none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. In other words, listen, there, there is those that fall upon the Lord. What does it cause? A broken heart. A broken and a contrite spirit he will in no wise refuse. He can't cast it out. Why? Because what broke that heart? That they recognized who Jesus Christ was. And it broke down themselves and their spirit was broken and done away with so that his spirit could be put in it. Oh, hallelujah. It's grieved. It's a heart that's grieved for the sake of the word of the Lord. Think on these things when someone would say or do something against the word of God. Doesn't it break your heart? It does for me. When the devil causes you or someone you love to be in a position or a state that's not God's will, such as a sickness, doesn't it just break your heart for them? Why? Because you want God's word to be manifested, not just in your life, in their life. And when you see the devil begin to encroach on someone's inheritance, something cries out within you. says, God, I know the stone that I believed in. Oh, even when you do something and grieve the Holy Spirit within you, you make a mistake or you find some kind of iniquity in you, it breaks your heart as a believer. It's something in you that just, it's got to be right with God. Because you're not tripped up or snared by the stumbling stone. Those that are tripped up by it are those that it will fall upon. Why? When they find iniquity, they go, well, I'll justify it. Well, I'll find something else. But to someone who's fallen upon it, what does that even mean to fall upon? It actually means to alight upon or to settle upon it or to settle upon that it is the truth. That's what Jesus is talking about, to fall upon that stone. It is to, to, to alight upon it or to stay right there. He that enters by the door to the sheepfold. Hallelujah. There's only one door. you got to come through Jesus Christ. you got to alight upon Jesus Christ. you got to stay in Jesus Christ. And any of your goings in, any of your goings out, have got to be through that same door. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 9 says this in verse 30. It says, and what shall we say then? That the Gentiles which follow not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness have not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling block. Hallelujah. What did they stumble at? What people today still misquote and just use it. John 3.16. If you just believe on me. Hallelujah. He that believeth on my words, he will have everlasting life. He has already passed from death unto life. Amen. He won't, won't come that way. And the Jews looked at it and went, that's crazy. you got to live right. you got to do this right. No. But if you believe him, you will live right. If you alight upon that stone, if you stay on that revelation of who Jesus Christ is to you personally, and you stay right there and you begin to build upon that stone, the sure foundation. 
says this, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, that whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah, that whosoever would stay right there, they will not be ashamed. But those that want to leave and walk any other way, there's a lot of shame waiting for them. Oh, my. We know what it is. We won't turn to it, but Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, and when Jesus would begin to ask his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Why well, we find that they say, well, some, some say, some say, some say, but finally say, but who do you say? I'm asking you. Says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter and Jesus being to say, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is not a stone that was hewed out by hands. This was not something that some man began to teach you. But God put you in this kingdom. Nobody could take you up for what God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Andrew, that's for a wedding ceremony. Yeah, well then some of you need to get married to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And recognize that there's a wedding ceremony going on right now. And God is the one doing the marrying. And God is the one that joins it together. And no one can take you out of this kingdom. Because it's his kingdom and it will not be moved. And it will never fall. And it will never be destroyed. Hallelujah. And he said, upon this rock, upon this revelation, I'll build my church. It had nothing to do with Peter, but everything to do with what God did in Peter. I'll build my church on that. Those that recognize their shepherd will be a part of my sheep. Those that recognize the voice, they're my sheep. There's other ones. There's other sheep following after this. There's goats following after that. There's lambs following after that. There's camels following after that. There's cattle that are driven here and driven there. But there's my sheep. I'm concerned about my sheep. I said to the young people on Friday night, I said, don't worry about what's going on in the world around you. God's not even concerned about that. God's concerned about you. God's got his eyes on you. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. And he hears your cry. He hears your prayer. His ears are turned to you when you cry. He's concerned about your bleeding. He's not worried about the world. They're headed in their own direction, but there's some that are on the king's highway. Oh, my. The Brown says, now we're going to find out why it come to shepherds. Why that great message. Behold, the Messiah has come. Peace on earth and goodwill towards man. Why it come to shepherds? He preached us his last Christmas message, actually. Why it had to be shepherd. And he says, they knew the sheep is helpless without the shepherd to guide them. That's my God's sheep. They don't got any other assistance. There's no compromise. There's nothing complementary to the promise. They've got the promise and nothing but the promise. And that's all they've got. They're helpless without it. The sheep is perfectly helpless. He can't go by himself. That's the reason God likened his believing children to sheep. They've got to be guided. But watch what's guiding you. Don't get a goat. He'll walk you right to the slaughter pen. God never gave us goats. He gave us this, his son, the Holy Spirit, to guide us. He is our guide, not some man-made herdsman. I'll say this, not some hireling. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God, our ministry, I believe it, is not hirelings. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and speaks. And I'm looking for him to speak every service. Hey man, he's our God, not some made herdsman, man-made herdsman, but a God-given herdsman who feed the sheep upon sheep food. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. We're not giving sheep steak. 
They don't like it. We give them sheep food. We give them what sheep like. Amen. You say, well, Brother Andrew, I'm an eagle. Yeah, that's another service for another time. I tell you what, it's a paradox that you could be an eagle and a sheep at the same time. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. How are we doing for time? We got a few more minutes? I think my clock stopped. I like it. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 says this, it says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Oh, ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, and offered up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Catch the wording there. It's not that we go straight to God, but it's that we are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. That when we pray, when we worship, it's not us, it's Jesus doing it. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood. Oh my, you got to be under that blood. It says that wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay on Zion a chief cornerstone elect, precious that he hath delivered on him, that, and he that believeth on him, shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. That's the third time he's used that word. It's a precious word. It's a precious Jesus. It's a precious lamb. Oh, my. Thinking about it, I've been in fellowship with some brothers every so often. And, you know, we find that all too often we want the line of the tribe of Judah. We look at that and we say, oh, why doesn't God just destroy this? Why doesn't God just destroy that? What we're asking for is for him to step out as the lion of the tribe of Judah and rule and reign with a rod of iron. That's what we're asking for. But right now, he's the lamb. And as long as the lamb is, is there and the blood is on the mercy seat, there's grace and there's mercy. You see, and if he comes forth as the lion of the tribe of Judah, before we get our body changed, we too would be lost. That's exactly right. We need the blood. Oh my. This is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they are appointed. Hallelujah. It's by predestination. If you're going to see it, if you're going to believe it, you're going to have to be predestinated to believe it. And there are those that are appointed that God knows they'll never see it. To them it will always be a stumbling block. They just won't get it. It's all right. Don't be caught up by that. I want you to notice verse 6. It says that this is, it, 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 verse 6, he says, that, 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 that behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. I hear God, this is speaking of the scripture, saying God lays up in Zion. 
It's not a man doing it. There's no man that hewed out the stone. But this is God that lays up his eye on a chief and cornerstone. That is precious. To God it is precious. In verse 7 it says that it is also precious to them, to, to, to them that believed. See, God put it up and gave it the most valued position. It became the chief and cornerstone. It became the highest place. He was ascended up and taken up to the right. Hebrews 8 and verse 1 would say, Now of these things which we have spoken, this is the Son, we have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. You see that he gave that, that precious elect cornerstone the chief place. That was God's doing. But now in the very next verse, it talks about unto them which believe he is precious. In other words, unto them that believe, those that esteemed him also the highest place. Now in your own personal life, see? But he says, listen, that, uh, that there was a time when God said it, God put the revelation forward, but to you that will receive it. And will give him that place in your life. To you he is Precious. Hallelujah. That is God. That is his rightful place. He doesn't deserve any other place. He doesn't deserve to be lower. He deserves to be the highest place. Let's just take one example before we close. Numbers chapter 11. God in his perfect order. You take it in Isaiah, he talks about the water. Represents the word. You talk about Jesus coming, he is the word made flesh. Peter begins to speak about it. What is that chief cornerstone? It's the revelation of the word in your day. Revelation who Jesus Christ is in your day. You go right back into Numbers, we're talking about the manna. What's the manna? The word. God in his perfect order. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 says, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. <laughs> Say that today. And the children of Israel also wept again, said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? So I want you to understand what's going on here. They've been given manna, fresh manna every day, heavenly bread. A miracle every morning. <laughs> no wonder you can make a statement and say a miracle actually diminishes faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But here were a people that saw a miracle every morning. And they didn't have faith to go over into the promised land. Huh. But Andrew, we need to see more miracles. We see enough miracles. We need revelation of the word of God. Let him do what he will do. See, they were grumbling at the manna, which you know is a type of the word. And they got in this, what the Bible calls a mixed multitude. This word mixed that it says M-I-X-T. If you take that back into the Hebrew, it's promiscuous multitude. They had a promiscuous attitude. In other words, they didn't esteem the word of God worthy. 
of being their sole sustenance, of being everything that they needed. They wanted that plus something else. A mixed multitude or a promiscuous multitude means that they were a multitude gathered together without order and full of confusion. And what were they looking for? Something besides the Word of God. Something besides what God had provided them to sustain them in their day. Oh my, Lord help us. See, they didn't value the substance that was sent for their strength and livelihood. They didn't value the promise that God had given them. That God told them, it'll fall every morning. You just go collect enough for that day. On Saturday, on, on the day before the Sabbath, you go collect enough for that day and the Sabbath day because it won't fall on that day because that's a day of rest. And don't worry, it'll be kept over that day, but any other day, it's not going to last two days. There's another miracle in itself. Chemically, I'm sure it was no different. But somehow, that day, it lasted another day. <laughs> oh, my. You're not going to receive on the eighth day another word. The same word that you received already, keep gathering. He was told to put, put away seeds, to put away, uh, put away the vegetables, put away the fruit, put it away, stock it up with granaries. Why? Because he wasn't going to receive another message. This is what's going to last us all the way over. Praise be to God. It won't go bad. Hallelujah. You had all kinds of days. You had the, 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 the day when Paul came and preached, but that wasn't any good in the next day. They needed the light for their day. And then that day wasn't any good for the next day. They needed the light for their day. And then that day, and we came to Luther, but when it came to Wesley, Luther's message wasn't any good anymore. Then it came up to Wesley, but when it came up to Pentecost, it wasn't no good anymore for, for just being sanctified. You had to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But now Brother Brown says, and we've gone beyond that. Because the word has come in its fullness that the full manner has come. And it won't go bad, but you got to receive it. you got to gather enough. Oh, my. To not value the word, which is Christ, the chief cornerstone, is a quick dissension into chaos and confusion. Let me say that again. To not value this word as everything you need to take you over. Is a quick dissension into confusion and chaos to try and pick up. That's why the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 8, don't go saying conspiracy. Don't go saying I associate myself together. I need the word of God plus this and plus that and plus that because you'll only get confused with this and this and this and this and this. Try to make it back to the word. Stay with the word. It's the only thing that will take you from here to there. It's the only thing that can cross you over Jordan. Hallelujah. As we read in 1 Peter 6, it says that the he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. They will not be confused. Oh, my. Brother Branham says this in the message, possessing all things. He says, but to you who believe, he's precious. Now disallowed indeed, but he is a precious stone coming to a lively stone. Amen. A precious stone, the chief cornerstone. Oh my, he that touches this stone is healed. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I need this, I need that. Well, thank God for medicine. Thank God for the doctors. I'm thankful for them. But to get in Christ, that's your healing. He who touches this stone is healed. He who goes to lick it on the rock, you see, sometimes we're just pretty bitter. This lets us the Lord to put a little honey on the rock. So now, aren't you thankful to the Lord? Just glad. I'm so glad that the Lord is God. I say, amen. I'm sure happy I'm not. I make so many mistakes. I'm happy somebody else isn't. I'm happy the Lord is God. He says, amen. So glad that he's a tender father, full of mercy, honors his word, keeping his covenant, never forgetting it. He keeps his covenant. This is why I read the scripture that we started out with the way I read it. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me by. He does this. He does that. He is this. He is that. What is it? Here, Brother Bram comes down the message, possessing all things. He says, he keeps his covenant. He has to. He is God. He made it. He's the fountain of all truth. There cannot be anything else but unadulterated truth all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't get good water and bad water out of this well. There's only good water out of this well. Hallelujah. He, when he works, speaks every word he speaks is infallible. And this is his word. Amen. Oh, God, let my faith be infallible in it. Oh, my. He doesn't say let me be infallible. Let my faith be infallible in it. Let my faith not make a mistake in the word of God, but stay right with the word. Then it can become infallible as his word is infallible. Then the word in that kind of faith, will produce anything the Word says it'll do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just like Brother Branham, when he would go and he would speak squirrels into existence, right? Then he'd shoot a fourth, and he'd get away. You know the story. He got three, came back with three, but he told the brothers about the fourth, and the brother that was deacon in his church began to pray, said, Lord, help him find that fourth one, so we'd know he's talking about the truth. Oh, man, every time I hear that story, it smites me. I'm like, oh, God. How could that happen? But we know that that was for a purpose. Why? So he could sober the ground even beyond speaking the quill into existence. He says, just say where it'll be. Just say where it'll be and it'll be there. Speak the word and it'll happen. So cleanse me, Lord, he says. Try me, cleanse me, heal me, protect me, bless me. Give me your mercies as my prayer to God. I want to just read a scripture Brother Ed read this morning in Revelation 16, 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he be naked and they see his shame. But we got a promise that says, to those that believe, they will not be confounded. They will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. They'll be clothed by the Word of God. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 19. If the musicians would come. I just can't ever get away from this thought of multitudes. So we find in Numbers it said there was a mixed multitude. One that was confounded, confused. A multitude that was just chaos, complaining, whining, everything going on. But now in Revelations 19, anyone that's familiar with the scripture knows that this is speaking about the bride. And it says in verse 6, it says, And as I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. 
as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah. There might be an omnipotent, there might be a confused, uh, uh, confounded, a promiscuous multitude going around complaining today. They got all kinds of complaints about this and about that, and this didn't happen, that didn't happen. What about this? What about that? What about the cloud? Was it really there? Did it really happen? What about where Brother Branham talked about the boy in Finland? Did that really happen? Did this really happen? We don't really want to believe this. We don't really want to believe that. It's just a mixed multitude. But there's another M-I-X-E-D multitude of mixed nations, but we find it's a people that have come together, and they don't begin to cry with a bunch of different voices and a bunch of different sayings. They cry with one. Hallelujah. The Lord God reigneth. The Lord omnipotent, he reigneth forever. Hallelujah. You decide which multitude you want to be a part of. As I close with the young people, I'll close it this way too. In Revelation 21, verse 11. To go back to a stone. It says this, having... The glory of God, talking about the new Jerusalem, says is having the glory of God and her light. My, her light was like unto a stone most precious. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. What did Peter say? To them that believe, it's a stone that is precious. Here John begins to see it in a vision. He says, her light, her light was a stone most precious. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. would have no more need of the sun because he would be the light thereof. Even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What if we just sing that song just real slowly? Even so, come. Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, take your bride. Oh,
voice and not just the cry of our hearts. Lord, we see all that's going on around us. We know as bad as it gets, there's still an angel holding back the four winds. Still can't just be let loose because there's a bride here. There's a people here that the Lord is dwelling with, perfecting, bringing into his image, leading every step of the way. He's still our shepherd. His rod and his staff, they're still our comfort. It's still everything we have. There's not any other way to look or any other comfort. The world is trying to create their own association. But the scripture says it too will fall. Oh, they'll even be religious and they'll speak the word of God, but it'll come to naught because they left God out of it. But what about us, church? What are we a part of? What is our faith in? Uh, may it be holy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every step of every way, say, Lord, you lead. You show me where to put my foot. You show me where to step tomorrow. You show me where to walk today. We need him more today than we ever have. He never has ever left us comfortless. He said, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. He told Peter, he said, go feed my lambs. You love me? Do you love these? Go feed my lambs. Go feed my sheep. Don't leave them without food. He sent an Eliezer, he sent food. It's for us to pick it up and say, Lord, I'll eat it. I'll take the book. I'll eat the book. Whatever it takes. I want to be there on that day. We sang the song right before we got into the Word. All I want to see is Jesus. I want to get there on that day, and I want to stand, and I want to hear him say, well done. There'll be nobody making it in by the skin of their teeth. There's only going to be born again, sons and daughters of God, going in a rapture. There's no room. There was a virgin. We heard this. There was a virgin, but they went to go buy oil. And we find that when they got back, they were a virgin too. But they couldn't get in by the skin of their teeth. It was those that were born again. It was those that were watching. It was those that were waiting. It was those that were sighing and crying. It was those that were broken by the revelation of God in their hearts. They said, oh God, would to you that everyone would be saved. Like Abraham began to cry, you'd think he'd be so happy. Oh, that wicked city, Sodom, just destroy it. But something in him began to cry, oh God, but for 50, but for 40, but for 30. What about just for 10? Would you spare the city? The true, the father of our faith. The true cry of a believer, Lord, if there's just one more, lead me, Lord. I'll follow. Oh, my. Why don't we just sing that and then we'll go to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. And I will follow. Lead me, Lord. I will go. You have called me. And I will answer.
Lord, how we love you so much, Lord. Thank you that you've been our leader, Lord. Lord, your grace has kept us safe this far. You've led us this far. You didn't lead us this far just to leave us. You didn't teach us, Lord, as the song was hated, swim just to let us drown. You didn't teach us to walk just to let us stumble and fall. Lord, you said you'd be with us, even in us, to the end of the world, even to the consummation. Right up to the end, Lord, you'd be with us, Lord God. Father, that we could be presented to you as a chaste virgin. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you've kept us. Lord, there's many that have gone through great tribulation this past year and these past weeks, Lord. But, Father, you've kept us, Lord. You've kept many of us, Lord, in sickness, Lord. You've kept us in, oh, when we drive. You've kept us, Lord, in our families. You've kept us, Father God, when we've been at work, Lord. You've kept us when we've been at school, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've kept us. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you, that you are our shepherd. I shall not want. You lead me to lie down in green pastures. Lord, you lead me by still waters. Oh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, Lord. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You are my salvation, Lord. It's only in you, Jesus. Father, may your word be ever on our lips, Lord. May it not depart from our mouths. Commit each one to you tonight. Lord God, that the word would find a good resting place. Father, I'm sorry, Lord, if I said anything of myself, Lord, or I got something mixed up. Forgive me, Lord. May I find grace in the eyes of the people tonight. Lord Jesus, may you give the increase, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name. Isn't God so good? He'd lead us and guide us every step of the way. Aren't you so thankful for a shepherd? It's been such a precious week this last week, and it's been many that have had birthdays. And I think of Brother Sam. God bless you, buddy. Had a birthday last Saturday. My sister Nancy, God bless you. Sister Liz Stewart, God bless you. Juliana, God bless you. Yesterday, there was a star that turned a year older. Her name's Esther. God bless you, Sister Esther. And all that, God's leading us. Amen. He's good, isn't he? Amen. I'm going to just let Brother John, if he'd have something on his heart he wants to sing, and he can dismiss the service. May God bless you this week. Keep you. Amen. Maybe we could sing Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, and he, and he answered me. Well, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are
Shepherd, our God, oh hallelujah. 
I can't remember what Brother Max said the one time, but he said something about the last service, how he's with you all, all of your days. And that means every night and every morning and every afternoon. You know where Satan comes after us in the morning or in the afternoon. Whenever all of your days are in his hands. All day, all night, everything is him. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Bless the Lord every day, every day and night, never-ending praise, may our incense rise, let us bless the Lord every day and night, never-ending praise, may our incense rise. Bless the Lord every day and night, never ending praise. May our incense rise. Let us bless the Lord every day and night, never ending praise. Oh, may our incense rise. Oh, magnify. if we can invite Brother Ernie if he'd come and close with us in a word of prayer. I wonder if we could sing that song, Peace of God, Cover Me. Oh, peace of God, cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Oh uh-huh. 
is hopeless And cover me when my faith is gone Oh, let the peace that passes all I understand Oh, cover me, yes Well, cover me when I am hurting And cover me when I'm not strong Cover me when I am going through the storm And cover me week talk about being covered all the time how he watches over us so carefully I was merging onto the Anthony Handy just off of 111th going eastbound I guess and on my way to pick up my wife and I thought how quick a person's life could be ended just like that if God was not watching over us and I was behind a a van uh, on the side of it was mega signs uh, installations or something like that and they were carrying a real long big ladder on the top of it and you probably know the story already but I was just merged in so I was behind him and he decided to change lanes but I had to go straight in my lane I had to stay in my lane in order to turn off onto 91st Avenue. And uh, all of a sudden, no sooner had he changed lanes within that very moment that he was in that next lane. And I was still behind, like sort of kitty corner across behind him. And I seen this ladder sliding off and starting to bounce on the and sparks flying and metal everywhere and just going everywhere. I booted it all I could just to get out of the way pulling off to the side and just I no sooner had was beside him where nothing happened to me I don't know what happened behind the two cars following but I just oh I just cried out to God I, folks I just cried out to God with thanksgiving in my heart it was just so fast and so quick but yet he was right there. He, had he not changed lanes, I would have been who knows where. The ladder could have went right through my windshield into my, in, in, into my own side or whatever. But God had still a plan for me here. And just maybe that I could do this right now. Be a testimony, you know, of his great victorious uh, things that he does for us all the time. And plus he healed my body completely. I'm so fully restored. And had trouble with my arm for since July when I heard it also, which was a separate incident. And just this week, gone, haven't got none of that. 
I'm telling you, Lord, is so good. Let's just remember that every day, what he does, not only the miracles, like brother, he's, we're thankful for those miracles, but let's also really, really, really rejoice that we have eternal life. That's what we're looking for. Folks, we're looking for that day when we can just get out of here. And, uh, and another brother that's been on my heart a lot is this brother standing right in front of me here, Brother Kevin. I was there once. Folks, he's waiting for something too. He's got a bride also, just like our groom has a bride waiting for himself to come. So does he have one here on earth yet waiting to come. And let's pray for him also always. You know, let's remember him. And there's many other needs I'm sure that we all have every day. But, but that's a good one that we can always kind of bring before the throne of God. Let's just bow our hearts before the Lord with thanksgiving. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the word that you brought to us tonight. Lord Jesus, Brother Andrew just labored. He followed up on what Brother Ed brought us this morning was so powerful and so wonderful, Lord, how you restored him back to health, Lord, that he could even bring a message this morning. Dear God, you are so good to us. We're not worthy creatures, Lord. I fail you every day. I know I do. I do somehow, Lord. I know I do somehow, I'm sure. But yet, Lord, you always, when we cry out to you, we say, Lord, have mercy, Lord. We thank you so much. As David said, our iniquities are like the hairs on our head. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to always see that. You are the forgiving one, Lord. You're the one that gave all that we might have, Lord. We thank you for that. We ask that you will go with each one of us tonight, Lord, and restore the strength to my brother, Lord, tonight. And Lord, I pray that you will give each one of us good rest through the night with the glories of God around about us, Lord. You are the light to us, Lord. We walk in that light daily. Lord, that's the only way we can see where we're going, Lord, is by the, that light that you give us, Lord. And it's precious, Lord. We thank you for that. May we, may we fall on that stone, not, not go underneath it, Lord. That's, that's what we desire. We want to we wanna be on your lap, Lord, just, just cuddling up to you, Lord, as it were, and just laying our head on your bosom and just drawing strength and feel your pulse and your heartbeat, Lord. Oh, with your arms wrapped around us and just hugging you, Lord. That's my desire each day, Lord. I just long to do that, oh God. And then you come into the room and you just sweetly pour your presence all around us. Oh, you do it to each one of us, Lord. I know you do. And I thank you so much for it. So bless us now, Lord, as we go our way and guide us safely as we go to each our homes, Lord, and those that could not be here tonight, as all of us have to do sometimes, Lord, but Lord, you be with them just the same, and may they feel that same presence, Lord, that is so present here, Lord, and I thank you for the musicians and everything, how diligently, and the sound people, and all the people that so diligently do their efforts, Lord. Lord, I feel unworthy to stand here because I don't do those things, Lord. But, oh God, may you somewhere find a place for me, Lord. 
I pray that you'll just help me to be at my post of duty, whatever it is, how small it is. But Lord, I want to be worthy for that day, Lord, that you can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. I pray you'll be with us, Lord, and bless each one, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if we could sing that song as we're dismissed. Thank you, Jesus, for the things that you've done for us. Thank you for the testimony. We appreciate what God does, how he keeps us, how he heals us. Thank you, Jesus, for the things that you have done for us. Though I can't repay the love that you have given me, I 